Hello and welcome to part two of the inaugural first issue club Summer Slammerama. We are the only weekly comic book podcast that decided it would be a good idea to pit ourselves against one another in the name of ratings. Suck it, Roseanne. If you don't already know or skipped part one because you knew it was going to be terrible, we here at First Issue Club are having ourselves a little friendly competition to see who has the better comics of the week. Part one cover the indie darlings, while we, hashtag kickass American Justice, are covering the heavy hitters, aka the big kahunas, the founding fathers, the big two, Marvel and DC. Caitlin, tell the listeners what we're covering today. What we are covering today is Plastic Man number one, Hawkman number one, and Thor number one. Fantastic. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to know the club members today. Tell us your name, and since we're doing a direct ripoff of the WWE event, if you were a pro wrestler, what would your finishing move be? My okay. name is Caitlin Morosik, and mine would be the Balloon Buster, where I shoved my inhaler that I was carrying on me at the time of the match into their mouth, puffed it so many times that they either explode or pass out. I love it. Will their eyes just like inflate with air, or is it just a pretty natural, just... Uh too much oxygen and they would well, pass out. Well, at first out. it's going to feel kind of nice because it is a little invigorating, if right. I'm being honest. But right. then it's going to quickly, they're going to realize I'm not stopping. So I think it might be fear in combo with too much air. Maybe the lungs will just get too big. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> but you are a champion. I'm just apparently a murderer with inhalers <laughs> <laughs> under the guise of a wrestler. <laughs> All right, uh, my name is Greg Lichtai, and my finishing move would be live by the crust, die by the crust. And what I would do in my finishing move is I would pull out a table and chair, put a nice tablecloth on it with a candle uh, and a plate full of pizza crust, and I would force-feed pizza crust into my opponent's mouth. <laughs> We're both showing things in people's <laughs> mouths so far. <laughs> is that Freudian? <laughs> I, I think we have deeper issues. <laughs> but the only thing that matters is I win the match because your belly's too full of crusts. <laughs> That's all I got. Uh, we have us. a uh, new club member with us today on the side of the big two. Uh, good friend of ours. Big fan of Marvel and DC. Big. Kelly Parr, Huge. a.k.a. Kelly Party, party animal. <laughs> Introduce yourself. Well, it is Kelly Parr. But <laughs> no party in the ring. No, I'm referred to as rated par superstar. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the finishing move? Well, it's called the slippery spear, but oh. uh, it's mostly already because, way better than I ours. Mean, it's mostly because <laughs> it's like a regular spear. Uh huh. I just sweat profusely. So, <laughs> <laughs> so they're more disgusted oh, than yeah. actually injured. Yeah. <laughs> I slip right off. It's well, fine. As long as nothing's getting shoved down someone's throat, I think we're well, good. Well, I mean. <laughs> Depending Nine on the opponent. Nine times out of ten. Sometimes I miss. It's fine. <laughs> Let's get this podcast started. All right. First up, we have DC's Plastic Man number one. Words and art by Simone and Melo, or Milo, whichever Dealer's is choice. correct. <laughs> I did not know much at all about Plastic Man, but I feel like this book gave me a perfect entry point to his origin. Really good number one. Eel O'Brien is his name, which is such a spot-on name for the type of dude that he is. His demeanor is that of your typical, like, 
Devil May Care anti-hero, and I guess he was the first one to kind of really lean on humor. Yes, correct. So if you don't, if you're kind of going into this like me, you might think, oh, he's kind of like Deadpool, like he's joking and he's like funny and like, but yeah. he he came before, so he. Yeah, and he doesn't really break the fourth wall no, or little, anything like that. A little more lighthearted, too. Yeah. 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 In this book, it's going to be a spoily. There are things that are people who have infiltrated things like the Justice League of America. Yes, right. there's a mole. And yeah. that's why he needs to go undercover. Mm-hmm. Mr. E.L. O'Brien needs to go undercover. Uh, do you think that we're in for like their version of Hydra Cap, or do you think it's going to elevate to that level? Oh, you know, I didn't think about that. Because it's a pretty big deal to say the Justice League is the one who's... Yeah, that there's some kind of... There's a villain infiltrating. Yeah. There was a lot of flack from Marvel about the whole Hydra Cap thing. It got kind of really, you know, messed up the timeline or whatever. And, you know, people were thinking it was a quick money grab. But that is an interesting concept to think about. I really, you know, envisioned that. So it's interesting that Plastic Man kind of suffers from the same affliction that Superman has with alter egos. Superman puts on a pair of glasses and becomes Clark Kent. Plastic Man puts on a pair of white glasses and he's Plastic Man. I didn't even... Maybe it's because he's so jokey, but I wasn't even considering the fact that it's just glasses on his face. Yeah. I mean, I guess... If I you're kind s- of assumed everyone still knew well. it was him. <laughs> but he like... Eel, like, you bastard. He's kind of like an egg, though. He can change form so drastically. Right. Maybe that's the I feel like they disguise. could explain that away really easily. Just like with Superman, he's like... Oh, I vibrate my face so fast. You can't really yeah. tell what my Which face looks like. Which is a stupid power. I mean, <laughs> I vibrate tomato. my face really fast. Yeah, tomato. <laughs> tomato, tomato. But he might like just slightly change his face because I mean, he made a twelve pack. I'm sure he was. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm sure he was hanging oh, dong right. there. First of all, let's talk <laughs> about the of dick Wang. joke. <laughs> Blast! I don't. Th- was that even really necessary? It I mean, we're all not. thinking it. If any one of us was Plastic Man. We'd have huge ding dongs, <laughs> and like 12, 13, 14 packs. Yeah, like especially true, if a lady busts an in odd your room. True macro packs, penises, yeah. and like cropped midriff sweatshirts of like girl superheroes. Of course. Yeah, he that kinda, felt very Deadpool-y to me. It did. It's. Uh, I feel like DC is trying to play off the Deadpool angle a little bit now because of the popularity of Deadpool, which is maybe why this book is being made right now. But then again, I mean, like I say that, but Plastic Man has played a pretty integral part in every. Justice League, JLA, JSA. He's been a member of each of those groups, and he's been a very pivotal player. So I know that we, t- you know, say that Plastic Man's kind of the jokester of the group, but he's kind of involved in every heavy hitting event that happens. I don't know if it's because he's a fan favorite or he actually does good, but it seems like his power is pretty versatile. That he could do a lot. He's kind of a useful yeah member, um, even if he's a ding dong. I read the, on Wikipedia. I didn't know about this power. He's immortal. Is he now? He's he's a, he's immortal. He can't <laughs> why is, die. Why are they burying that lead? I don't know. That's like on the bottom of the list too. And they're just like you know, like oh, he's super stretchy. He can change form. Oh, by the way, he's immortal. <laughs> like what the like that would be like number one on my list. Like oh, I can't so, die. Like say he loses a limb. Like can he though? Can he? have you seen it? I don't think he's ever lost a limb. And if he does, can he just kind of well grow one back? Yeah, are there any rules to Plastic Man? I don't think so. Because like he, he turned into a rocket, and then he had all the components of a rocket. Yes, and then he was he had driving pro- himself. Yeah, he had the propulsion. Like, what is the horsepower? Was he driving? He turned into a car. Was he driving himself, or was he just sticking his neck out? Was that car he, him? That car was him. He are turned into sure? a car. I would love to see what's under the hood. <laughs> mm. 
of that Plastic Man car. It's that giant ding dong. <laughs> That's the fan belt. Yeah. Just going over and over. I like, clearly I know how a car works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what? Do we even really know Plastic Man's true penis length? No, no one does. I think that's the biggest mystery. I think that deserves its own event <laughs> altogether. Like, well, I, I mean, Mr. Fantastic, like that's mm-hmm. where he got his name, right. clearly. I thought that was also because he could have, like, 17 hands. Oh, hell. <laughs> I will be discussing Hawkman number one, written by Robert Venditti, and then Brian Hitch, who you'll know from any event comic you've ever read in your life, so, (laughs) which his work was quality in this one, I think, but I was actually pleasantly surprised by this one, just, I mean, judging from the cover, I thought, like, he'd just be bashing shit with his mace, and, you know. Right, which I could have used more of, but that's okay. True. (laughs) I mean, he did throttle a flying gorilla so <laughs> what more do you want from him <laughs> god damn it but i like that they went the mystical route with it basically he is a little fuzzy about his past he knows he's been reincarnated so many times mm-hmm. like he's aware of that but he feels like he's missing something basically indiana jonesing around the world trying to like find something that'll help him figure out his past and he steals a shiny glowing nautilus from a Big stone-winged gorilla thing. Yeah. And he kind of figures out he's just this time-space-jumping, quantum leap kind of... <laughs> quantum leap. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just everything you could think he was been. He's been a Kryptonian. He's been an alien. He's been a regular guy, which he's... I think he's a regular guy I think right he's now. a regular guy now. Yeah. Who just happened to find this it's metal thing that gives him wings. We actually don't know how he has chest. it. It's oh. just like well, in this series anyway. He cuz he just kind of has it right now. Okay. So we don't know well, the backstory. He, he has been alive in this form for quite a long time, at least 100 years or so. So he does know Oh, he's at, 100 years old in this book? Yeah, his buddy oh, wow. in the fishing boat yeah. talks about how he's not the oldest one on the water because he's oh. real real old and he has fought alongside that guy's dad, I think. Yeah, in the World War. Yeah. The Grecian. Oh, so he yeah. knows there's something to him, but he's not sure what his past lives are about. Right. Let me just say this. I really like this book. I was really trepidatious going into this because Hawkman is fucking so difficult to get into because of what Kelly was talking about. Reincarnation. Alien reincarnation from a different planet. No one can really get his backstory right. They keep trying to correct it. And like they have like a two-page spread where they... They try to do it. They yes. try to be like, hey, guess what? He's been all, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm going to be the heel again. Do it. Heal me. I The subtitle of this book is Awakening Part 1, What's Past is Prologue. I don't know. The premise of like the fact that he's going around Indiana Jonesing, disrupting ancient artifacts, killing these like mythical beings just because he feels like he doesn't know himself enough was like, get Get over yeah. here. Go, get over it. Go to a counselor. Like, no, go to Ancestry.com. You can work some of that out without, like, just killing and destroying well, to get your answers. To be fair, he had regret, so he everything did. is forgiven. It's fine. <laughs> well, but, like, it's a good thing he did toward the end. True. He's the only one that can save the world now because he looked into it. Apparently. <laughs> 
So reincarnation is like <laughs> bonkers to me. But does when he dies and gets reincarnated to the other Hawkman, does he have the previous memories? No. So this is what I'm basing off of oh. <laughs> Legends of Tomorrow. Gotcha. So it is <laughs> Hit not. Me with it. <laughs> okay, in that show, they have to come into the like they have to have that awakening. Okay. So they so don't like have their yes, Ooh. but they have to earn it. Like they they have to go through some sort of transformative thing. My favorite sure. kind. <laughs> it's like an Eagle Scout type of situation. Yeah. <laughs> you have to graduate and then you get your memories and then you know who you were. Okay. Oh, all right. So there are some potential Hawkmen that aren't worthy that don't know that they're Hawkmen? That's very interesting. Because he is reincarnating all over space and time at this yeah. point. Yeah. Just all over the place. But I think he does have to die before. Maybe there can't be more than one. <laughs> I was like, That's I was anticipating kind of like a Groundhog's Day kind of thing. He could just like kill himself. And he's like back, but then not like. Oh, that'd oh be man. so like much the next fun. Yeah. yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I had a great time. I had a great time with this book. It's still really confusing, right? As a character, I hope DC is able to pull this one out and yeah. make like, it a winner. I'm not as invested in mystery as I was with the Plastic Man one. Like, I kind of want to know what these mm-hmm. huge. Bug winged things are in the background. Well, it does this thing that we talk about all the time with number ones. The first issue, you're learning about this cataclysmic event that's just going to end the world completely. Right. In the world completely, and it's just like, well, where do you go from that? Mm-hmm. After you defeat that, I mean, fighting fucking Mirror Master or anyone else is just kind of, you know, small potatoes. You can't. Comic book creators have to realize you can't start with these ginormous events. And then just go like, oh, guess what? The Joker's out. And just like, well, fuck that. I don't care. Just save the world. Don't fucking let him do it. I'm taking a vacation. This is stupid. I honestly don't I know how superheroes continue to be superheroes with all this bullshit and nonsense. You think they should all just quit and let what's naturally yeah, going to happen? You know what? Give that yeah. tries to normal America some of their own, uh, you know, just desserts. Their comeuppance. Mm-hmm. Yes. They deserve it. That's a comic I want to read. Yeah. Superheroes just quit. Desserts. <laughs> just desserts. That's a comic guy wondering. Yeah, just desserts. It's yeah. just a picture of gone fish and sign on, <laughs> on like the Hall of Justice. I'm like, oh no, we're fucked. <laughs> we're so fucked. Uh, yes. Nice. Yes, I would. I'm curious to see if we sit through his 100 deaths. If they do it like oh my God. bam, 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 all in uh, issue two, uh, I'm into it. <laughs> 100 pages of yeah, death. I'll buy it. Yeah. So they, they can't have. Two deaths in an issue, that's, that's too oh much. Oh my god, it'll be 50 comics. I don't have that kind of money. Yeah. Or time. I hope it's just like a split screen panel where it's just like one death, two death, three death, four death. Just like 25 panels yeah. on each page. Just like, oh fuck, And at the end he's like, I'm beat. Or something like that. Oh, Rough I am dead. <laughs> I hate Mondays. Yeah. <laughs> they all happened on a Monday. It's a living. And it combines with Garfield and there's a crossover. Oh, <laughs> That's the book I want to read. <laughs> and that's just desserts. <laughs> so now we have Thor with writer Jason, Where Do You Live, Aaron, and Mike Del Mundo and Christian Ward with color assistance from Marco Del Alfonso. Here we find our golden-haired hero running around Midgard trying to retrieve all of the scattered artifacts from Asgard from the previous Thor storyline. The Rainbow Road is destroyed, he's still unworthy, and his brother Loki is still an unbearable prick. 
we get an amazing fight scene with Thor and the nearly unstoppable juggernaut where it literally rains hammers from the heavens. <laughs> we get a brotherly altercation between Thor and Loki that ends in both of them portal hopping into another realm where they're met by Scourge and Balder, who are sitting atop perhaps the world's coolest monster truck. Yes. Uh, also, Jane Foster is alive and well. Yes. Now, before we get into this, have you two read or kept up with any of the Thor titles? Sadly, no. You know the answer to that. <laughs> okay. I have not. On that alone, how confusing was this book? Not at all. Well, because, okay, so a little backstory about Jane Foster. Jane Foster, former girlfriend lover of Thor, has slash had terminal cancer. Thor somehow became unworthy, so Mjolnir chose Jane Foster to become Thor. Uh, this had ha- th- this storyline was about three to four years long. People loved it. It was an amazing storyline. It was something fresh and new. People really attached to it. Recently, they did a storyline of the death of Jane Foster, the death of Mighty Thor. And she actually did die. She sacrificed herself to save Asgard and the people of Asgard as her reward. Mjolnir was destroyed, and this god called the Tempest came out and gave her life back and she could live on Earth. But go ahead. I wrote it down because I thought it was maybe a dig at Fresh Start, too, from oh, go ahead. Mighty Jason. Uh, I want to hear this. Because <laughs> he says, maybe they'll give the woman her job back. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. As, yeah. And he, he doesn't really let it go there. Like, that's the most blatant it gets. But he talks about how she already knows the ropes of being Thor. Right. And she already did it really well. And, in fact, she's now his woman in the chair, mm-hmm. essentially, giving him pointers on where to go and what to grab. Right. So I thought it was, like, not so subtle, but a little subtle enough mm-hmm. to be like, this was the person he really wanted to be helming that uh-huh. role for a while. Jane's still a con. Jane's a little jealous because she really enjoyed being Thor. Oh, yeah. And uh, and, and you kind of see that in the story a little bit where Thor's showing off, the, like, a new hammer he, she has, and she's just, she's going crazy over it. It's like Gollum with, the, you know, the ring from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> she's looking at it just like, oh, my precious. Mm-hmm. Like, she's asking all these uh, things about it, like, oh, is it pull to the left, like Mjolnir, and, like, all this crazy stuff. So I can kind of see why Thor probably is just, like, she probably deserves this job more than me because she is willing to sacrifice herself for the good of Asgard. Yeah, I don't think he was done with her. That's just a like speculation. Jason Aaron? Yeah. I don't think he was either. I think he I think Jason Aaron well, I think Jason Aaron really has a strong attachment to this character. Why would you I mean, why wouldn't you? It's kinda cool. Can I say that I think the theme of this book is we need more hammers? <laughs> Some odd two hundred, three hundred hammers are created and smashed in this one mm-hmm. issue alone. So Thor's living on a houseboat. <laughs> full of Asgardian artifacts, and he is confronted with Loki, who throughout Thor's life been just a pain in his side. And here's the funny thing. Thor always gets so mad at Loki, like mad enough that he wants to just fucking kill him. Well, he was fresh from like a an old-fashioned mom stabbing. Yeah. Like yeah. He was had, super yeah. pissed about that, which you would be. Yeah, side note, Loki stabbed his mom in the back, but she's fine now, so that's totally okay. Totally fine. Still loves Loki. It's great. But Thor is never going to kill Loki. He never is. Loki, I think, knows that, which is why he keeps fucking with Thor. He might get his ass kicked every once in a while, but Thor is never going to kill Loki. 
So I don't really like that dynamic of Thor just being like, I'm going to fucking kill him. Because <laughs> it's just like, no, you're not. You're, you're not going to do that. It's your typical big brother, little brother dynamic. Right. Sure, you stab your mom. <laughs> yeah. I can't tell you how many times <laughs> my little brother has stabbed my mother in the back and I just get so upset with him. <laughs> but at the end of the day, he's my brother. And I may want to give him a knuckle sandwich. Right. <laughs> I know Jason Aaron's been writing Thor since like 2012-ish. Okay. First of all, I can't think of a better person to write Thor right now. I mean, Jason Aaron's been with his character for so long that he's actually just like rewritten his history for me that it makes him like more of a pivotal player. So kudos to Okie Joe's Barbecue Love and Jason Aaron, <laughs> hometown hero. I mean, he's really doing a great job on this. I don't know how much time they had to put this together, too, but it's a double issue, and it was so it's well beefy. done. The art in this is I wanted is to talk about the art, yeah. Just, Go. yeah. Talk about that art. Yeah. It's amazing. I really like it. It's so vibrant. It's almost kind of, I mean, I know that I have to draw from Ragnarok a lot, but, like, the how it was kind of, like, neon colors... Throughout that movie, I think this continues. I don't know if that's purposeful or not. It's so vibrant, and it's so beautiful. It's not very crisp, but I love right. that. But no, it's, like, striking. I like the just, like, action in it. Like, looking at these stars and, like, just the sound effects. Like, it's part of the art. Like, yes. it's not just an afterthought. Right. <laughs> and there's some, like, uh, when uh, Thor hits Juggernaut with one of the hammers that doesn't hurt him. There's stars that pop out, and some of the Hammer stars, hurt him. and the and the stars have smiley faces <laughs> on them, and it's just like, oh, so you can kind of tell that this is like a kitty hit, like you need a bigger hammer to take down this juggernaut, and it's little things like that that is just like this creative team <laughs> really, really, really loves this character, loves this story, and it can really, you can really see it shine through with those little details like that. Both issues, because I know there were some different, um, yeah, two artists. different artists, yeah, definitely, yeah. And so now we can gravitate towards this, like, I wouldn't, is it like a, I would, like a prologue? I don't know if it's, like, directly tied to this book. I feel like it's um, way down the line. Right. You like, could it, almost say it's a, a continuation of the Old Maniverse. It actually 100% is, because what we get is Old Man Thor looking pretty fucking tight. He's a nice-looking zaddy. <laughs> he got that long hair and that eye patch, and he is <laughs> swole as fuck. He really is. And he's out hunting space sharks with his granddaughters, <laughs> you know, as one does. Mm -hmm. Lo and behold, they turn the man-eating shark into a vegetarian. I loved that. Because I thought, like, I was like, oh, we open on him just fighting a space shark. That's pretty cool. Right. But then I realized his granddaughters were, like, on a conservation mission. Yeah. And they were really just trying to find out why he had strayed so far from his environment. And I was, I loved it even more mm -hmm. at that point. We have to save him. Mm -hmm. Can he be our pet? And forcing their <laughs> grandfather, Thor, yeah. to basically tame the space shark. Now, this may not be the original Jane Foster. Right. It may be kind of like an interpretation of Jane Foster or like some kind of Wonder Woman situation where uh, she's made out of clay and Thor breathed life into her. Well, anyway, this iteration of Jane Foster is coming to an end of her life. She is 250-something years old, very plainly asks Thor, is there an afterlife? And he says, nope. 
And then she's like, okay, well, then <laughs> Does never she mind. say something like, well, this sucks just a little more now, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Can you just sit with me for a second? Mm-hmm. She passes away, and then we see Thor feel an energy on the outskirts of the dying solar system. I thought it was incredible that he realizes that he has saved Midgard, only to realize that the universe is dying around it. And that's right. when he says that thing about, like, I'm the, I'm the greatest fool in the universe. <laughs> I saved this one planet. That's where all my focus was. Mm-hmm. And the, everything, everything else is crumbling died. around it and nothing matters. That's why caring about anything is futile. <laughs> because eventually, everything dies. This universe that we're living that's in right now. That's why what's perfect is what happens. Gone. And who shows up? Who should show up but the Phoenix Force old man Logan looking <laughs> Fucking cut. <laughs> God damn, I'm going to channel my greatest Michael DeStacy here and go, oh. <laughs> He's slinging some dick. He's going to pop. He's going to pop. He's going to pop. And this old man, Logan, he's a gilf. Oh, yeah. Grandpa, I'd like to fiddle. Oh, no. <laughs> but we do get this old man, Logan, Phoenix Force. Mm-hmm. Iteration, bub which and is bub and all. Mm-hmm. And did he ask for beer or something? Yeah. Or? yeah, he did. It says it's to be continued in Thor 5, so I think we'll get the next chapter of this story about what happens to Old Man Thor and Old Man Phoenix Force Wolverine. <laughs> uh, so that's good. that should be pretty fun. Alrighty. And with that, we bring a close to part two of this first issue club, Summer Slamorama. So be sure to vote online on which episode you'd like the you like the most. Is it part one with their indie comics? Ooh, I'm so brooding. Let's talk about our emotions. Or is it part two, the badass DC Marvel episode where we hit and we punch and we also tell a fun story for the kiddos? And we're pretty but good. And we are. <laughs> Pretty but good. <laughs> Two T's. That's the name of the episode. Pretty but good. <laughs> Which will probably be cut anyway. But please Aww. engage with us and go online. Yeah, no, for real. We're going to have it up on the, the Twitter. We want you guys to vote so we can win this uh, fake uh, belt that we're passing around. So and we I can want... justify all this smack talk. Right. <laughs> and I want bragging rights between the mics and Sarah. Clearly, <laughs> you know. Wait, what about the belt? Is there a belt? We can make one. We can go to the thrift store and just get a fancy braided belt. I got a whole bunch of tinfoil. Oh, we're making one. We're going to make one. We're going to post pictures. And when we win, we're going to post that picture to Twitter thanking you for voting for part two of the Summer Slammerama. Could we send the belt? (laughs) No, 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 no. We can't send the belt to people. All right. All right. That's fair. That's fair. It's a bragging right. Right. Well, now we have to thank everyone that made this episode possible. We want to thank our referee and producer, Matthew Hodap, for making us sound way better than we usually do. We are a proud member of the Fountain City Frequency family of podcasts. We are recorded at KCUR Studios. We love it here. The lights are beautiful. The floor is clean. It's a wonderful place for my voice to go into a microphone. Music by Primary Colors Music. If there were ever to be angels upon earth, these gentlemen would be them. Just, ugh, the tones that they produce 
make me want to believe again, to be honest. <laughs> if I'm being honest, it makes me want to believe again. Mm-hmm. Wow. I was lost and now I'm found. Preach. There's only one set of footprints in that sand. <laughs> And it's primary color music <laughs> carrying me to Nirvana. Mm-hmm. Kelly. Hey. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks. I know it's hard to be in a room with us talking about comics <laughs> into it, a microphone. It's quite stifling. Uh, <laughs> the smell, I can't describe it. We are in it's a great. fudge mansion right now. Oh, my so, God. Yeah. We haven't Actually, I like the sound it. of that. It's yeah. fun. Yeah. <laughs> Everything you see around you is edible. Mm-hmm. It's like a more sexual Willy Wonka. Don't ask us how it's not already melted. It just all mm. tastes like Astroglide. I can, te- I can tell you. <laughs> it's Inth Metal. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Kelly, if people like your voice and they want to hear more of it or they want to see your funny talkings, where can they go find you? Uh, well, I was not kidding about my <laughs> wrestling name. You can find me on Instagram. I am rated par. I look, I look okay. NFSW. Have an okay face. NFSW. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you look that up, do it not, on your phone. Not for safe work. Yes. Oh, wait. N- <laughs> N- sorry. NSFW. Matt, you better fucking edit that <laughs> and not make me look like an idiot that I really am. You all know I don't know words. <laughs> I really like not for safe work. Not for safe work. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time for our sign-offs. Caitlin, lead us out. I am Caitlin Morasic, and I will show myself out. I'm Greg Lichtan. I want to thank you motherfuckers for listening to First Issue Club. Get on Twitter, get on Instagram, and vote for part two of the Summer Slamorama First Issue Club edition. And that's all I got to say to you, motherfuckers. Bye. Bye.